Welcome to the CoLab, the only podcast for business owners who are committed to grow through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Get ready to put your heads together to boost your business to the next level with your hosts, the ultimate team players, Megan Marsh and Andre Munar. Welcome back, collaborators, to another edition of The CoLab. Today, we're going to be talking about something that every business owner wants to know, every entrepreneur wants to know, every salesperson wants to know. How is it that you can gain more clients, more business, bring in more revenue? Well, we certainly have an expert today, somebody who is an expert in neuroscience. He's a keynote speaker. And when COVID hit in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania shut down its real estate business. So we brought him in. And today he's going to share with you some of those tips that he taught us to take us from the bottom all the way to the top. And we came out on top. So today's guest is going to share some tips with you. He's a keynote speaker. He's a leadership advisor. He's a behavioral neuroscience specialist. Um, Renee has been for the last 20 years. He's applied behavioral neuroscience as a dynamic keynote speaker. He's a leadership advisor, a world-class sales expert, and he's going to share those tips with you to make sure that your business is running no matter what. So let's hop right into it and meet Renee Rodriguez. How are you? Hi, Renee. I'm so good. It's good to see you guys always. Yes. And so, you know, we were sharing a little bit about you before bringing you on. And the hardest thing for us was picking what we were going to talk about today, because you have such a wealth of knowledge. But I would like to talk about something that I think every business owner, every salesperson, it's like this ongoing thing, which is how do I get more customers? How do I get more business? And so we'll be going over that. But if you could first just share a few things about how you became this expert that you are in in sales leadership and you know and to what you do now for people who are trying to get more customers oh so how did i become good at sales by needing to eat probably <laughs> right <clears throat> so no i was i was 18 years old when i got cut from a, my back college basketball team and <clears throat> was really lost in terms of what i wanted to do who i wanted to be and I got a chance to ask a CEO of a very large organization a question of what I, what would I have to do now to be in his shoes when he got older? And he smiled at me and he looked and he said, Renee, you learn how to sell. Mm-hmm. If you learn how to sell, you'll always be employed. And <clears throat> I, at 18 years old, you don't ask questions, you just do. And so I get this thing in the mail two weeks later. It said I've been selected because of my GPA to join this fast-paced health, sales and marketing company in the health and wellness industry. Now... I saw, all I heard was GPA. Well, I had a 2.3, so they must have missed something and I wasn't going to say anything. So <laughs> their mistake, not mine. And so I, it was to sell cookware door to door. And that decision was the most life-changing thing probably I'd ever done because it showed me that your hard work in basketball could be thwarted by a coach that didn't like you. But your hard work in sales If you close a deal, no one's going to fire you. And so I looked at that and I took that to heart and I did it. I mean, it was the thing that I felt saved my life. I decided to dive into understanding every single person that did it. Zig Ziglar, Tom Hopkins to Brian Tracy, you name them back in the sort of the the glory days of sales training. Those guys 
laid the foundation and I studied them like it, my life depended on it. And of course, when you do that, and I went to school for behavioral neuroscience, and so I learned about how the brain works and learned, uh, combine that with selling and then combine that with working with a change management consulting firm right out of college. So here I'm dealing with change management, strong sales and uh, background in sales and schooling in how the brain works kind of created this uh, amalgamation of who who I am now, where I look at things from very strict sales process, but the behavior change needed to engage in the process while employing applied neuroscience to increase conversion ratio. So that's probably how I would describe it. That, that's a lot of different things, and but it does. It takes knowledge. And, and, and what do you do now? So now I'm, I'm a keynote speaker, so I get a chance to speak all over the country and different parts of the world. And uh, a lot of my time is also focused on our, our flagship event called Amplify, where we take 10 people uh, on a very, uh, and you guys know this because you've been through it three times, yes. but a very intense boot camp to completely transform how they communicate and with the end results to be more influential. And I'm not saying become an influencer. Sorry for those that are listening. That, that's, that is a word that's going to come and go very fast. But how to actually create influence, which is what all of us need to do. If you run a business, you're in the world of influence. You have to influence your clients to pay, to pay you and to buy from you. If you're a parent, influence your children to stay away from drugs and alcohol and brush their teeth. If you're you know, a husband or a wife, convince somebody to, to see your point of view or go to watch the movie that you want to watch. Influence is happening everywhere. Absolutely. And I find that a lot of times people don't like to think that they are selling and really they're influencing, I think is what you, one of your main messages. Yeah. I, I love the fact that you say that Renee, because as we always say here in our team, um, you know, we try to get our team to understand that they influence, you know, not just each other as team members, but they influence their children and their families and they have an impact on all those things. And as you were saying before, there's a, a big difference between being an influencer, which is, you know, something that's going to come and go, but influencing people and being able to do that to get them to do, you know, whether it's what you want them to do or how you want them to react or to be or how to behave is is crucial and so important, especially when we're talking about sales or being a business owner, um, you know, which is what we're talking about today. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the moment that people embrace that they need to learn that process, it actually becomes fun because you start seeing how even intuitively a lot of people are already employing the neuroscience. They're already employing things at work. We employ the fact that the sequence matters and how we talk about things. And that if we say one thing before another in a certain sequence, we get a higher conversion ratio or more likelihood that someone's going to say yes to us. And anybody who says that they don't influence would also lie to you about other things. It is human nature to use every tool that we have to try to influence and persuade people to see our point of view. And we're doing it from a good place. There's nothing wrong. I mean, if you had the cure for cancer for somebody and you couldn't persuade them to do a certain thing, they die. So persuasion is all depends on how you use it. Influence depends on how you use it. Just like anything powerful, it can be used to create good and it can be used to damage things. So it's it, the ethics are critical. And so today we wanted to really focus in for anyone listening on, you know, how you influence through something that you taught our team when COVID hit, our state shut down, and you introduced us to the six money-making activities 
because everyone who has a business or is in sales, that I feel like that's one of the biggest questions I see all the time. How do I get new customers? How do I get more customers? How do I sell more? How do I get people to know who I am? And I think people like focus on a lot of shiny objects, but that whole exercise that I want the listeners to hear is just how fundamental the things that you taught us were and just kind of walking through what are those six things and then we can dig a little bit into each one. Yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> the first thing comes with an understanding that we are a for-profit business, right? And I, I asked that facetiously. I said, you know, if you're listening to this, are you a for-profit business or a nonprofit? And I'll say that to my clients. I'm saying, oh, I'm sorry, is your company a for-profit or nonprofit? And they kind of look at me like, uh, no, we're for-profit for sure. I'm like, okay, checking. And how many families are your families for-profit or nonprofit? And they have to stop and think. They go, no, I mean, I, meaning you have to make more money than you spend every month. Oh, okay. So you are a for-profit family too. So <clears throat> we have to really embrace the reality that profit is okay and that sales are the way. Do we get there? We have to be able to sell. And so the top line revenue number is driven by six activities. So if you're listening to this and you've got a small business, you're in mortgage, real estate, insurance, whatever you do, there are only six ways that you make money in a direct sales environment. And so to remember these, if you have a pen by you, write down the name PAPCAR, P-A-P-C-A-R. It's the easiest way to remember that. And that's a, <clears throat> a nick or a, an acronym to show us the six money-making activities. And so the first one is prospecting. Now, this isn't new. That's not, it's not something I invented. You have to prospect. And the purpose of prospecting is to generate leads. A lot of people will say you prospect to close deals or to find deals. No, you prospect to find leads. There's a process to this. You don't just walk up to somebody at a bar and say, hey, do you want to get married? It's not the first thing you say. If you like them, there's a series of steps that has to happen, and sometimes that can take months, not years. And so the same is true in selling. And so the first thing is to generate interest and a lead. I define a lead as somebody who expresses interest. And so now, what do you do? Remember, these are six money-making activities. That word is critical. These are things that you do. And so if you do the activity of prospecting, you generate a lead. That's what you get. And so what do you do with the lead you get? You set an appointment. That's the A in PAPCAR, appointments. You have prospect and appointments. And, so now, and oh, I'm please. sorry, before you go on to the next letter, I just have one question because I know even, let's say, some of the people on our team, when you're prospecting your first P that you went through, some people would sit here and say, oh, well, I'm posting on social media every day. So is that prospecting? Is it like, is there, is it important how you prospect? So social media can become very easy and a lot of people use social media and other marketing activities as a cop-out to actually selling. <clears throat> they put something on there and they hope enough people see it and some small percentage will actually reach out to them and be willing to buy. That's not selling. Selling is getting yourself face-to-face -face with potential people or prospects. Prospects aren't leads yet. They're prospective leads, right? Mm -hmm. That's why they call them prospects. The vocabulary matters here. The definitions matter. And so you get yourself in front of people that are potentially there, networking events or you know, wherever you would find your customer, that's where you go. And sometimes you prospect online by putting something out there and hopefully somebody likes that. I mean, you can prospect by putting something and everybody that likes you send them a private message. Right. You can only do that sometimes, you know, so often. You can't do that every time because then no one's going to start liking your stuff. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, it's like, oh, God, I like it, but, you know, if you're gray, like everybody likes his stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. 
And so, but prospecting is that ability to go out there and generate a lead. And so what creates leads would be prospecting. Thank you. I just wanted to clarify that. No, that's good. I'm glad you did that because you know this as well as I do that the first time you get into this, you have to define terms and then get clear on the activities. And you've managed enough organizations and enough teams, uh, Megan and Andre, that you guys know that most people are looking for ways out of prospecting. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's when you that find out too well. Yeah. And when you find that person that loves it, that gets it, you know that that's a, that's a star in the making right there. Yeah. And so prospecting, setting appointments, the next one is PAP. It's, it's presentation. So now the person shows up to the appointment. What do you do? Well, you present. You have to have a presentation of value. I'm always blown away by how many companies, teams, salespeople don't have an actual structured presentation. And a canned presentation is actually a really good thing. If it's in the can, that means you've practiced it so many times. You've heard so many rejections and objections that you've been able to refine a predictable conversation to lead people down a path to best understand your value. And people say, well, I don't want a canned one. No, no, you don't want to sound canned. That's different. But scripts are really important. Following a presentation is really, really, really important. And if you do it enough and you care about what you're doing, you will not sound scripted or in the can you will sound um professional and it will the experience will be a valuable one for the for the listener because there's a process people want to be in the hands of a professional and professionals have processes so presentation or prospecting appointment and then presentation now the goal of presentation is three things you want to achieve credibility show them that you are credible in this if it's me showing up and I have no hair and, and talking about how to do hair care. Mm. Uh, there's no credibility there, right? And so you want to be credible in what you're doing. And you want to be able to differentiate yourself and then gain trust. That's the goal, three objectives of presentation. And so once you do that, then you can engage in the C of PAPCAR, which is closing. And the cool part is if you do the presentation right, you're credible, you're different than everyone else. And they trust you. Closing should be easy. But if you don't do well, imagine trying to close a deal. If you're not different, you have no credibility, and nobody trusts you. It's You're just not going to close the deal. It's just how it works. And so all of those things coming together like that create the opportunity to then um, do something that most people skip. Once they close the deal, they stop. There's two mm-hmm. more steps that are critical. Because once you close the deal, you have a signature, and there's some sort of skin in the game you engage in aftercare. Aftercare is about helping people, reminding them of what they and why they bought from you, why they decided to use you. It's after the emotion of the presentation wears off that they're reminded of the logical reasons and the experience. It's also where you keep the promises you make during presentation. If you make promises of service, this is where you deliver service. If you make promises of returning phone calls, you return phone calls. And so all of the promises you made in the presentation should happen in the A of PAPCAR of second A, which is aftercare. So the goal of aftercare is not just to send a card. The goal is to create a wow experience. So let's talk about that for a minute. How do you create wow? And wow is simply, it's not about money, by the way. You can definitely wow people with money, but it's the wrong kind of wow. Mm -hmm. That's a monetary, you spent a lot of money on me, wow. You want one where the person feels like you see them you hear them, you know what their needs are, and you listened to them. I'll give you one story that sums it up. 
when back in the day when I used to own a, a mortgage brokerage, we had um, used to take paper 1003s. You didn't know that? I didn't know you owned a mortgage brokerage. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I knew you worked for one, but I didn't no, know that you to, opened yeah, one. I used, to, I used to own it. Uh, I was owned 20% of it at least. Wow. And <clears throat> yeah, so it was called Referral Mortgage, by the way. And we can't use that name anymore in today's today's world. But hmm. this was back in 2002, 2003, taking a paper 1003. And <clears throat> the loan officer was instructed to look for wow opportunities. And the uh, client that was there had her child, and she had a big sleeve of Ritz crackers and was literally feeding the Ritz crackers to her child. She'd cry, the child would cry, and she'd feed her a Ritz cracker and yum, 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 yum. As soon as the cracker was done, and she'd feed her a Ritz cracker, yum, 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 feed her a Ritz cracker. And she just looks up at, at the loan officer and says, I don't know what I would do without Ritz. They are my only sanity. <laughs> and, you know, and as only like an exhausted mother could say. And so all my loan officer did was write Ritz at the top of the 1003. And guess what showed up upon closing of that deal? Ritz. We got in a big <clears throat> Costco-sized box of Ritz with a bow on it that said, congratulations on your new home. We hope this makes the next few days just a little bit easier. Mm. And what did the client say? Wow. wow. Exactly. And it wasn't because, wow, they spent $6.25 on these writs. It was because, wow, they really listened. Yeah. Uh, they saw me. They saw my struggle. They saw my frustration. Even if it was a weak moment, they saw me. And that is where you really take aftercare and creating a wow experience at the next level. But you have to be ready for it. You have to be primed to want to even search for those things. You have to think beyond commission to see that and think about the client and their visions and their plans, all the things that both of you teach your LOs, this is where it comes in handy. And so often people give us clues of what's important to them. And we're so busy and so stressed and so thinking about other things that we miss them. Yeah. You, uh, no, go ahead, Dre. You said two things that, that really just resonated with me and that I think that uh, people, whether you're deep into the industry and you're you know trying to figure out how to break a ceiling or you're brand new to an industry and you're trying to you know get more leads, one is you have to look past the commission. I think so many people look at that end paycheck and they're like, oh, it's going to be a great paycheck. Um, so that was a key point that I really got from that. And then the second one was listening. You know, We really try to teach our team members and those around us you know, when a client calls in and they're like, Hey, I'm at little Johnny's soccer game. Can I call you back? You know, when you call back, you ask how little Johnny's soccer game was, you know, I think that that is so important to listen to a client, um, and not just let things be transactional, but actually make them feel like, like you said, like they're there or you're live or you're with them or you're going through that, through something with them. Um, so those were some great points there, Renee. And they know that you care. And then <clears throat> to think that way, you also have to think, beyond this year you have to think as a career mm -hmm. i was always told think beyond the transaction don't don't make a sale make a career and if you do that for five years you'll be employed and you'll have business coming at you for the rest of your career but are you willing to give it five years we love asking that question to new hires are you willing to devote five years to mastering a craft well, like well what do you mean by that if they've not said no I, I was hoping this year you know we give us a couple years and then we'll do it's like well, to master a craft, it's not going to happen in a couple of years. I feel like and that's it's okay. Even longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Honestly, exactly. I mean, if I'm being honest, I, I mean, it depends on everyone's situation, but yeah, the, the people we are today, the business owners, the 
the confidence that I have in if something ever happened, we could start back over because we're the same people, the same processes that you learn, which involved all six of the steps that you just talked about, right? Yep. And yep. a lot of salespeople and business owners, let's say, can you skip a, one of the six steps and still have success? You can, you can, well, there's certain ones you can skip. It's if you're in sales and you skip prospecting and appointment mm -hmm. setting, you're actually not a salesperson. You're a vending machine. Mm. That's yeah. a difference. You're an order taker and an order taker facilitates a transaction that would have happened in anyways. You just happen to be there. And the scary part is during good times, a lot of people confuse the order taking and the ease of business as actual value creation or value identification. No, the market, the need, there was a need in the marketplace. You were there to fulfill it, which makes you a smart business person. You got to fulfill the right need, but you weren't selling at that point. And you selling constantly be moving, I would assume. What's that? You, you'll constantly have to move because the market changes so much. Right. But in selling is about uncovering unseen value. Talking to somebody that says, you know, I don't really feel like moving up. I said, well, did you know you actually buy a bigger home? for less money right now. What do you mean? Well, let me show you this and pull out a tool to show them a spreadsheet, a mortgage coach, whatever it is that you use to show them. And they go, Oh my God, I never knew that. Honey, did you see this? That is selling. And imagine that family, how happy they're going to be in 10 years that you sold them on building wealth in real estate when they have a hundred thousand dollars of equity or $200,000 of equity in that home that they would not have had had you not sold them. And so true sales, so it's like you prospecting and setting appointments in the process of definition of selling, you have to do that. Not to make a sale. It's different. That's an act. That's a, that's a moment in time. It's selling. And then can you do that and quit after um, you close the deal? Yes. Is that a long-term approach? No. Will you increase rescission rate, which being people canceling and moving somewhere else? If you don't have aftercare process, you will get a higher cancellation rate. We we created the aftercare process to eliminate, uh, when we sold cookware, to eliminate the cancel rate. We had about a 50% cancel rate. And when we eliminated it, and the way we eliminated it was, <clears throat> instead of waiting people for delivery of the cookware, at the close, we said, you know what? I'll deliver the set of cookware myself tomorrow. Mm. We would wow. pre-purchase all these sets. And they go, yeah. And I go, in fact, I'll make you, I'll clean it out for you, and I'll make you your first dish. Do you like uh, lasagna? They go, we love lasagna. I said, great. We'll make a lasagna without any water. We put it in the pan, do all this stuff, and it'll clean up. There's a this real special way to clean these pans to make sure that we got to do it with vinegar, and I'm happy to do that for you. They show up the next day. We bring the pots and pans. We took our rescission rate from 50% to zero. Wow. That's incredible. And I guess we're just learning a lot about you today. You used You're to sell right. Yeah. Cookware door what? to door. Four years. Uh, in 18, I was, oh, you haven't seen the pictures? No wonder you're such a good salesman. I mean, nothing beats door to door. That's, no. That takes some serious, uh, that takes a, 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 some serious mind shift, you know? Well, you have to understand the six money-making activities. I mean, it literally is, that was our life. Every single day was doing that. We prospected at trade shows. We had the goal, not of building relationships. We had the goal, the sole goal of generating leads. Yeah. We measured our success of lead generation with a ruler. How stack was the, how high was the, the, high, the stack of leads? 
not how many people did you talk to and you know relationships and dinners booked no i'd much rather book zero dinners from there and generate 500 leads or 100 leads and then have people to call for the next month or two yeah that's super interesting and so one thing i'm curious about because you are so good at this and is the you know the especially with how the world has changed so much and gone digital Okay, and I know that you know that I'm big on video, right? And it's always this thing that my question is, can you use something like video? And, and there's lots of other tools, right? To do your presentations, to replace that one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, is that something that people could do? Well, look what I did with um, Amplify. All those videos are there to contribute to the presentation process. There's a Every once in a while, you, you run across something, and <clears throat> this was a big project. That video that you saw that with the black, the, not the one you saw earlier, but this one too. But the main Amplify video is so good that it has generated sales of $5,000 for an individual course without having to speak to me. And so that was the, <clears throat> the big measure was, yeah. could we sell this without having a conversation? And mm. now we're maybe 30% are being purchased without conversation that's and pretty so, oh, huge yeah that's yeah, really it's huge high ticket now, item but i'll also say that it's the video it's the podcasts right like this it's the articles that were written it's the having seen me on stage it's all of the leveraged activities right that we talk about creating influence and part of creating influence is engaging highly leveraged activities you're the one on stage that creates leverage. You're the one that wrote the article that creates leverage. Like, you know, all the articles that you're writing now for Scotsman Guy and Megan and all the awards, Andre, that you're winning and the stuff. And then when you were on stage at NAREP, Andre, all that creates leverage. And leverage shortens sales cycle, period. So it's just different levels of prospecting almost. So for people yes. trying to, let, let's say someone listening is a newer business owner or newer in their industry, right? They're, they're not at a point where they're on stages winning awards. You know, they're not, they're not doing that, right? What would you suggest would be some of those activities that they could try to start getting there? <laughs> Being good at the basics. That's it. I mean, I, I, I can talk about it because I've been there selling and I can close deals and I can repeat uh, still verbatim all the scripts and the closes that we did back then. All that stuff is still there. And then employ that and you become an actual practitioner. Your conviction goes up and you develop ethos. Your ethos is your credibility. And so both of you, I mean, how many times have, have both of you said, I don't know if we're going to survive. And you've been to that ups and downs of the business to find yourselves now. You're going, yeah, we were up and down. We're not going to go down again. I'd be, you know, cold, cold day in hell before we go there, but you had to go through it. And yeah. every one of those downs and dips, every one of the dips I've been through taught us something. And so we take that forward. And so I'm going to tell people that are listening, you're not going to shortcut the process if you're just starting. And that's okay. Because when we say, are you willing to give it five years? Like, man, I got to think five years. You know, you're thinking about it wrong. My mentor got me to totally, I go, you know, it's going to take me five years. He said, yeah. He goes, well, how old will you be in five years if you don't do this? And I was like, same age. He goes, yeah, the five years are going to happen. <laughs> Whether you grow through those five years and you engage in these activities in those five years is up to you. And the cool part, though, is the five years are fun if you do this. There's so many successes along the way. And guess what? When you get to five years, you're going to realize you're not anywhere because you feel like you're just getting started. I'm yeah. 23 years into this. I feel like I'm just getting started. 
I don't feel like I'm, I've made it. There's no making it in this world. I make so many damn mistakes. There's so many things I'm still trying to learn. And so you have to enjoy the process because the journey is the only time that you're actually physically alive is in the journey. If there is no real destination with this stuff, then every moment. I love that. I just love that because it's. Yeah. I love that. Our, our business is so different than where it was a year ago, two years ago, four years ago. And we still are sitting here. Oh my gosh, we have so much we need to do that. We need to, you know, to keep the business growing forward. And sometimes it overwhelms us even, and I'm sure it over, overwhelms the people listening because we all want to get ahead, but you're never going to get there. You're right. No. You're never and done. you're only alive in the journey. I mean, that's a deep statement if you think about it. If yeah. I don't enjoy the journey, then I'm never enjoying life. I'm never enjoying life because that's the only time I'm alive. And so I've got to enjoy the knocking the doors, the learning, the reading, you know, the getting up early. It's all that stuff is just it's part of the process. Yeah, I got to agree with Meg that that's just so good. A, there's absolutely no shortcuts. Like, you know, where Megan and I are, we took no shortcuts. We've just put in a ton of hard work. And yeah, I mean, looking back at it, I've definitely enjoyed the process and the journey. Like I loved being a small broker and only having one assistant and now having a big company, but it's been a process. And so Renee, the other question I have for you is how can business owners make sure that they're doing these activities or their team um, every day or every week? How can they ensure that they're doing these things? You've got to be able to track. I mean, every single thing mm. it's track, 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 track. Yeah. So the thing is, it's very easy to get lost in the emotion of being in sales and good salespeople have short attention memory, short of memories, a short memory bank for failure. That's a really positive trait. Something, yes. you know, they make 20 yeah. phone calls and 19 hung up on them. They don't remember the 19. They think about the one. And then they say, well, what's your conversion ratio? Like 90%. No, it wasn't. <laughs> you got turned down 18 times, but they're so programmed to be positive that they don't hear it. And so now that's a positive trait. It just makes it really bad for business planning. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so you got to be able to have the ability to track as well. And so what's really fun is that when you learn to track these numbers and I, I tell people, don't track the lagging indicators. So the lagging indicators are like things like sales. Those are historical metrics that tell you how you've done. Lagging indicators do not help you create change. They just go, how did we do? It's like taking your blood pressure. You're either alive, dead, sick, or healthy, but you're not going to make a change because of it right then and there because the blood pressure doesn't affect, get affected directly that way. But if you can learn to say, okay, well, how many times did I dial the phone today? There's a leading indicator. And then how many times did they pick up the phone? So if I dialed 10 and they picked up five, some 50% dial to talk to ratio. Okay, so now of the people that I talked to, how many converted either into a lead or into an appointment? That's the only next steps. It's either become a lead, like I'm interested, and then convert to the next step, which would be set an appointment. So now you, you're tracking from you know talk to to lead and then from lead to appointment. Now, sometimes if they set an appointment, you just jump two steps. They were, they were, I had to be a lead to get an appointment. You can't be a lead and not set an appointment, but sometimes you get appointments with people that aren't qualified leads. That's a, that's a whole nother challenge. Mm -hmm. I, can re, I can smell those a mile away. <laughs> and if I know that somebody either just wants to get on the phone or they yeah. have questions, but they're really not, they're kicking tires. I ask a lot of questions in the beginning. You know, so great. It's great to talk to you. So how, how can I help? What questions can I answer? And 
you know, tell me what you're looking for. And I'll ask a lot of questions. And usually if I know they're not qualified and they can't do it, then I begin to end the meeting. And that's okay. Because when you realize that sales time is valuable in this, and I, we are running a business, like I'm not, I'm not, we're running a business. And now can I make friends along the way? Yes. But I also have family that I got to make sure I maintain. I've got team members that I've got to make sure they get paid. And so my duty to the business is to keep in those six activities or the MMAs, money-making activities. So the last one, I should probably close that out. After you've pap car, prospecting appointments, uh, presentation, close, aftercare. The last one, if you've done the aftercare and people said, wow, the last one should be easy is to ask for referrals. Ask for that referral. And so if you do that and they generate a referral, there's a line that goes right back up to the A appointments. You set an appointment with a referral and you begin the perpetual sales cycle all over again. If you follow to this, you will never run out of business because you'll always be prospecting. And if you do the process well, they'll get referrals and those referrals will feed your pipeline. And Renee, I think that last one is is key and is so important is asking for that referral. I think that a lot of people in sales or as a business owner, um, they get to that end part and then they're like, great, well, we're done here. And they forget to ask either in that moment or in that joyous moment that you're sell- selling that product or that service. Hey, you know, don't forget to recommend me to your friends or your family. Um, because usually when people are buying a product or a service, they're talking about that they're buying that product or service. So it gets other people curious and then it evokes conversation. And then they say, well, where did you go? Where, who did you talk to? And so if you're not asking, then you're not planting that seed to be able to pick up that referral. And so that last point, you know, is just so key, especially if you're really good at all the other, you know, the other five parts, if you can do all of those really well, but you forget to ask for the referral, you're just you're kind of prolonging how fast you can get to success um, by not asking for that referral. So it's a great reminder. Yeah. And your cost of acquisition goes so high because you got to start all over. Yeah. And, and I guess kind of, as we wrap up today's episode, you know, it's so interesting, I think, and I just wanted to expand just for a minute here on how we found you because Andre and I, for example, have been selling for years, for 15 years. And our business grew because we were doing all of these things. But what was so interesting was when we got connected and went through your signature course, which people will will put a link in that in the show notes so people can go check it out. And like, I truly did not understand why I loved what I did. I just knew I was good at it. I didn't understand why I enjoyed it until we went to Amplify. And it was crazy how much getting better at just one piece, right? Like the presentation part, how you present yourself, how you communicate and speak to people and tell them the meaning of why you do what you do, why you started your business, how much that can can change your business. Absolutely. Getting in touch with purpose is everything. You can generate a business and generate profit, profit, but lose sight of purpose and it means nothing. Yeah. The business should serve you in that sense. It should serve you financially, but it should also serve your soul in that sense of, of feeling like you're doing something that makes sense and is good for this world. It's, it's just ingrained in our nature. We want to self-actualize. We want to use the gifts that we have and we want to put them to work and good and to do good things. And those, and I've worked with a lot of them, countless thousands of those that focus just on the money 
And by the end of their career, they have all the money in the world. Now they're trying to create a legacy mm. and they're trying to find meaning and they're trying to establish, you know, what am I leaving behind? Did I do any good? Yeah, I've got all this money, but what can I say that I did? important question to answer early. Absolutely. And so for anyone listening, where, where can they find you? Where should they go to check out any of the messages you have, programs? So the easiest way is amplifymylife.com. And <clears throat> there's uh, that's everything you need to know about um, the, the course. Follow me on Instagram at Speak. It's Renee, R-E-N-E, uh, same as on Facebook. Uh, follow me. I think it's forward slash C Renee speak, but all that stuff's on, on the website. If you want to see my speaker reel, it's on uh, C Renee So yeah, but please do connect. And I just looked at our text quickly, but who, who, who that? <laughs> we'll have to put that those was, in the, that in the show notes too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was me winning the award 18 years old, number five salesman uh, in the United States, Canada, Mexico uh, for cookware. Now I was the last guy to make a sale because my mom was out of town just so you know. <laughs> but it, you know, I'd been cut from the basketball team. I'd been through hell, that whole process and, you know, some rejection. I was used to it by then. And I know we don't have time for it, but you do, you have a lot of interesting stories because I think one of the things you shared with us is your mom, your mom was a nun, right? She was, thank God she's not anymore. <laughs> uh, we could talk I'm forever, but thank you so much for coming and, and, talking with us today so that other people could listen to the message so that they can start growing their business and getting new customers. Well, I always love working with you guys. You guys are doing such incredible work and such refreshing work in an industry that needs it. You're creating a business and a company that is just exciting to see the culture, the way in which you're doing it, the systems that you're building. And it's just, it's always a delight. I love you both. And thank you. I will be on anytime you ask. Well, thank you. We will take you up on that. So thank you for coming on, Renee. Thank you, Renee. See you guys. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today, collaborators. If you found value or got some piece of information out of this, make sure to find us at thecollablife.com. You can also join our Facebook group and our Facebook page at The Collab. On YouTube, you can find us at The Collab. On Instagram, you can find us at The Collab Life. We also do a Facebook Live every Tuesday at 4 o'clock where you can get some more valuable information in our group. We also release our brand new episodes every single Tuesday morning. And if you have any questions or there's anything that we can do for you, any value that you would like to add to our business, we'd love to hear from you. And you can email us at hello at thecollablife.com. 